Yo, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your three hosts, Aaron, coming from Tennessee. Second here, we got Mr. Keith Denny. How you doing, sir? Good. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. And last but not least, we got Tim Malloy coming out of L.A. How's it going, man? How are you doing? Pretty good. And today we are talking about the, I'd hesitate to say film because it's kind of a short film, not quite feature film length. The movie Guava Island that was actually a complete surprise. There was no promotion ahead of time. It was released right after Donna Glover set on Coachella over the weekend. And it is a really fascinating piece of art about the African diaspora. So we thought we'd, you know, talk about it for a little bit and, you know, see what everybody thought. Uh, we have not discussed it beforehand, so it was like fresh eyes for everybody as far as our own opinion. So uh, I'm really excited about it because there's a lot to talk about here. So actually, before we jump into it, though, um, anything that you guys want to talk about concerning Childish Gambino's music? I don't know if any of you had a chance to check out his discography before, but it's kind of varied and has done all kinds of things. And he put out a lot of music that we saw in this film, uh, like it was many short music videos. What have you guys thought about his music or have you had an experience with his music? It's Childish Gambino, I guess I should say. Uh, um, yeah. Honestly, I, I was introduced to Childish Gambino by my little sister. I didn't know shit about this guy. And so I think um, the first song I heard was 3005 and uh, was it Bonfire, um, Sober. And so like she put me on different songs by him. And I, you know, I'm, I, I would say I'm a, not a huge fan, but I'm pretty, a, a pretty general fan for the most part. And I, I do like the variety of his music, you know, you can't really mm-hmm. define it as just being um, hip hop or whatever, because he, he has so many different types of um, um, music, musical um, diversity to it. You know what I'm saying? You might get a little bit of funk here, you might get a little bit of jazz there, a little bit of R&B and soul here and there. Um, mixed in with the hip hop and um, I don't know. Like I, I, for the most part, I appreciate him as an artist, though. Yeah, and and also forgive me for bearing the lead. Rihanna is also co-starring in this film. Uh, I guess I should have led with that as well. <laughs> um, really big deal, also to have her present. Uh, Tim, so had you have you listened to Donald Glover's uh, or excuse me, Childish Gambino's music um, before this album? Much? I mean, this album, Lord, this feature film. <laughs> Not that much. I'm a Donald Glover fan going back to like before he was on TV when we were in New York messing around and like doing some improv and stuff like that. His group yeah. Derek. Yeah, his group Derek would perform and we got to open for them once. They won't remember that because like well, but like everyone opens for everyone, so it isn't it wasn't a thing. But uh I, when we saw it, we were just like, Oh, this guy's an absolute genius. Like this is this is the funniest person I've ever seen. And he's incredible. Like it, you got an inkling of how creative he was going to be, but I didn't know it was going to go in this direction. Um, my brother Ted is like the biggest child, childish Gambino fan I've met. He's he was really passionate about childish Gambino going back to like 2013 ish, um, whenever the first stuff came out. And then I felt like everybody kind of got on board with "Awake in My Love." Uh, came out in 2016, and that song "Redbone" was all over the radio and is beautiful. Um, we've talked about this is America. I think it's a better video than song, but what do I know? I mean, well, he's a really fascinating figure. And I, and I can say for me, I really didn't know much about him until, you know, my wife introduced me to him. And 
Uh, she and I have been in a relationship for over a decade now, which is crazy to say out loud. Uh, but uh, what's interesting is, you know, seeing him in the community, um, seeing his stand-up, and for him to do that, to be a musician, and then go on to, you know, b- become a producer, do shows like Atlanta and other uh, and it really have like a lot of hands on um, effort and production of, of his work, um, you know, including, uh, for example, this film, Wawa Island. So um, it's been interesting seeing his evolution. And one thing that I really appreciate is his willingness to really be one of the people who is saying that I will be one of the, the folks who, you know, um, helps give people who are of diverse backgrounds opportunities in Hollywood and elsewhere. I mean, he was given opportunities and he's putting other people on as well. So that's really awesome to see. Oh yeah. Atlanta is like an incubator for talent. I mean, I I guess like everybody in Hollywood just started watching it at the same time. And you saw like Brian Tyree Henry being in every movie and Lakeith Stanfield is everywhere and Zazie Beetz is everywhere. And that's a compliment to him. In the writers' room, it is is one hundred percent black too. And, that, and they're like they're amazing wow. actors, actors too. And um, Zazie Beetz, amazing actress. And I I think that um, it's good that they were able to have a platform to even be noticed, um, because it makes you think like if a show like Atlanta didn't exist, would they ever have the exposure that they have today? Well, I mean, he has taken advantage of, um, you know, his opportunities and, and, you know, spread spread them out for other people. So um, that's really awesome to see. And, and I'm, I'm glad to see that continue with this film. Um, so Guava Island, just to kind of set the scene, is a film about uh, the main character, Denny, played by Donald Glover, um, his love interest, Kofi, and... Uh, the people of the of uh, the island itself, Guava Island, which is a uh, fictional island. It is um, the way it, it begins in this intro is that there were seven gods who created love and war, uh, and they created a place where those things uh, would be free, a, a place where those things would be free. Um, it wouldn't really kind of um, incubate the entire location, and, and that was Guava Island. And they had like these silkworms that create this silk that man had never seen anywhere else. And eventually that led to um, a person coming over and taking over not just that silk and um, but over that entire land and those people. And they made them uh, work and work and work nonstop seven days a week to create this beautiful silk that would be uh, you know sold all around the world. And so uh, Donald Glover's character, Denny, and and Kofi, they have these different dreams. Danny wants to create music that will inspire people across the entire island. Kofi wants to leave the island, go see some somewhere else, go see the world itself. And and um, you know, so they have these conflicting dreams. But they are two people who are in love with one another. And it's about kind of what happens when lovers' dreams clash. And um, you know, an artist wants to inspire the world over anything else. I mean, there are more things to it, but that's kind of like if you had to give a general, you know, synopsis to not spoil everything immediately. That's how you would do it. Now, going forward, we'll be spoiling the entire film. So we're happy you made it this far if you haven't seen it. <laughs> but this is where you probably want to turn around um, and check out some other uh, episodes in the archive. <laughs> where we spoil other things. Yes. Yeah. We, we, every episode is a spoiler, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> But overall impressions, like, what did you guys think of this film? I, Tim, I know you you just saw it, like, some hours ago. 
I was kind of dreading it because I don't really like movies where they break into song, but I thought it worked really well here. I thought it was like the best showcase for Donald Glover's music they could have, and it was a really smart move like to have all these songs, another, another way for people to get familiar with, with his music because there's so much music out there and there's so many things that you kind of read about and don't take the time to check out. And this was like, no, you are going to focus on this for 50 minutes and you're going to remember these songs because they're some of his, in my opinion, best songs. Um, mm. I felt like the story was like kind of needlessly complicated at the beginning and I was really dreading it like after the animation stuff because I also am not a huge <laughs> fan of like long animated openings the one for black panther is like the only one that i think has maybe ever worked but it's not it's even just, that long though the, the, it yeah it's it's slick long the black panther like, one no 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 i'm talking about the guava oh island. yeah guava island is very long but anyway continue tim i'm sorry <laughs> i felt like you could just start that story with the real people the non-animated part and it would work just as well because it's sort of simple enough and universal enough that i think people get it um knowing that it's shot in cuba as i understand it added yes. another layer to it because I'm like, is this a critique of communism or capitalism or, or what? And I thought that was interesting. And the other thing, and this is a major spoiler, I felt like this whole thing was kind of inspired by Bob Marley and the Smile Jamaica concert. Do you guys know that story? Oh, please go on with this. No, 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 no. I don't, I, 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 I know of it. I can't remember the details, but I think I know where you're going with this. Please, I don't know please continue. Let's hear it. Uh, there was like a progressive party rising up in Jamaica around 1977 and a lot of conflict between the progressive party and the old school party. And Bob Marley is like, I'm going to put on a concert to just unite everybody. And the only thing is it has to be completely apolitical. Like I'm not taking sides. I just want to sing for the people. Very similar mm -hmm. to very similar to Denny. Um, but of course it was totally political. I mean, the first song is war and that's a very, <laughs> yeah. that's a very socially conscious yeah, and, song. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, man, I'm just here to like, you know, do a celebration of life. And then his song is like, man, I hate this fucking job. <laughs> well, Denny's songs are kind of like, I didn't listen to them that closely and I've only seen it once, but I felt like his songs were kind of like happy and like love songs. And I mean, Bob Marley war is like a very conscious song of like, it's basically no justice, no peace. I'm, I hope I'm not like bastardizing it, but that's how I read it. Mm -hmm. And so the small Jamaica concert he's trying to put on all of these people think, Oh, he's actually taking the side of the progressives. And so he gets shot multiple times and Rita Marley gets shot in the head. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, a lot of members of his group get shot. Miraculously, everybody survives. And there's speculation after the fact that the CIA was behind it. No one ever really knows who is behind it. I don't think. And there's a book about it called, um, a short history of seven assassinations by, I forget the guy's name. I think it's Marlon James. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a hugely, very, very widely praised novel that came out a couple of years ago that's actually going to be an Amazon series. So oh, I, I thought it was weird that Amazon would tell this story and then tell that story after because it maybe steals the thunder from that story. But isn't that a trip, though? Like, because I, th I think you're making this really awesome connection there where it's like this song. Well, the song's going to be this this uh, movie even includes like this is America. And before that. He says uh, when he, excuse me, Denny was speaking to one of the workers in uh, in Red's factory, and he says, "America is a concept. Any place you go where you make money to where where you work to make somebody else rich is America." But this yet it's on an, Amazon. This is an I stand corrected because I said I thought his songs were pretty like loving and apolitical, and that the context of that song is absolutely political. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. 
No, but man, thanks thanks for bringing that context into it. I hadn't even considered that um, how that potentially could tie into to you know the Molly concert. That is that is definitely a great point. And I knew nothing about this. Like I gotta I gotta read on this now. Like that's just <laughs> fucking crazy. And it made me think about um, what was another Bob Molly song that I always thought was like super political was Redemption song. Oh yeah, and it has to be like my favorite Bob Molly song ever. I've got it here, by the way. That book is the the book by Marlon James that's going to be an Amazon series. It's called A Brief History of Seven Killings, in case I got it wrong before. The Brief okay. History of... Yeah, because I put Short History of Assassinations. <laughs> I hear you write it out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, um, you know what I was thinking, though? Like, the first thing I was thinking about this movie, especially, like, with the animation at the beginning, which I agree with you, Tim, it was, like, long as hell. Like... Like I, I thought the Black Panther one. When I think back on that, that was perfect. But this one, it was just like too long for me. Um, it felt like an adult Disney movie almost. Um, yeah. And also, like when you have, I don't know if you guys ever had this moment, but like it's like when you have a good dream and it turns into a nightmare, and then it turns into a good dream again. <laughs> yeah, like I gotta admit, watching this, there's this total sense of dread the entire time particularly near the end it just feels so tense because you just you really feel like it's not gonna go well especially when rihanna is going through and uh uh denny singing the the song at the festival I, and we're, we're kind of skipping around hopefully y'all have seen this movie so it won't seem like we're just saying some random stuff but when he's singing the the song of the concert despite being threatened uh you know with his life if he does the concert because it'll cause the people who work um, on the island to party so long that they won't go to work the next day on their Sunday. Um, you do get like this sense of dread. Like everybody else is like, oh, this is amazing. What a great song. And she just looks so pensive like this is going to go wrong because Red basically warned her if he does this, he's going to die. Yeah. And. and- I like how Red is like menacing without like saying too much. Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt like he he um that was a he played his villainous role well without being too extra, you know, like just being subtly intimidating in a sense, you know. The most mm-hmm. the most outwardly aggressive thing he did was destroy Denny's guitar, and he said, and then now you have an excuse. It's like he gave him every. Every opportunity to walk away. He gave him ten thousand dollars. Then he break his guitar. So he's like, okay, so now you got an excuse and you got ten thousand dollars. So all right, can we talk about him for a second? Red? Yeah. Oh yeah. Alright, so I don't normally feel sympathy for like, you know, autocratic, you know, villains or oligarchs or whatever you want to consider him. I mean, he's not really an oligarch. He ain't rich enough to be that. At least, you know, from what we see. But damn, like, he really did try to say, hey, man, like, I really would prefer not to kill you. I mean, like, you, you know, you got the, the, uh, Red's Cargo, you know, jingle. I like that jingle, <laughs> like, man. I like, like your you songs. <laughs> like, I'll I even like give you, you 10. the best cargo. Yeah, he's like, I'll give you 10 Gs to just leave. And I gave you enough to leave with Kofi. Just leave the island. Just let my people work. And he just wouldn't do it. He's like, well, damn, like, I got I to kill this dude. I think there was a part of him that may have known in a way that killing him would have been would have made matters worse in some cases um i think i think see see i didn't even realize denny was as 
in a way, in, in, in some type of way, as powerful as he was on the island or as well-known until he sat down with Red and Red offered him that money. Because the first thing I was thinking, like, for him to offer him money to leave the island and go through all these things to keep him from performing his concert, he knew the power that he had. Well, because he, because he was like, look, man, I'm going to just be real. I like your song. I wouldn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? On the fact that if I had to, you know, go out and listen to you at the concert, that's just me. So I'm just saying, I know they ain't going to work. So I'm trying to ask you to do me a solid at that hand, you a guap, and just leave. Yeah. But to, to the thing is, you know, Denny felt like being a presence for the people was of almost importance. Now, one of the things about the film, so I, and just to be clear, I liked it. You know, I, I I thought this was a really cool film on so many different levels. Like I said, I mean, I really appreciate what he's doing for the African diaspora, putting so many different people at work, allowing Cuba to flourish visually and in, in, in a cinematic form, especially since, you know, given this administration, we probably won't get to do that again. Uh, that's a whole nother thing. But one thing that did kind of stick out to me is because some people when i read reviews of it they were saying like 55 minutes didn't feel like enough to really like dive into the the you know the real uh grit of the of the the film and i would argue that you know with the amount of runtime they had in the in the pieces on the board there's definitely enough time i just don't think they use it correctly so for example for me one of the things that's kind of missing is uh just I don't like I know Kofi and Denny. So Kofi being Rihanna's character and Denny being Donald Glove's character, I know they have uh love for one another, but like I don't really it feels puppy dog the way it's presented to us, you know what I mean? It feels like a um kind of uh very banal and uh, like a banal infatuation and attraction to one another, but it doesn't necessarily feel like the love that that is brought through by struggle or by time is just kind of almost fleeting. Like I don't, I don't feel Denny's connection and dedication to her. Mm, maybe because he, maybe because he's more connected and dedicated to the music. But that's what I'm saying. So, like, what the thing is, it, it doesn't. Add, the, the, one of the the issues with the film is it doesn't ask him to make a choice. So, th- you could raise the stakes so much by doing something really simple. You don't even have to tell him because one of the elements of the film is that they mention Kofi's pregnant. And the thing is, it feels cheap in the film only because they don't ask Denny to grapple with that fact. Yeah, that was yeah. I, I I agree with that. That was also like this thing where I thought that he would have brought up the fact that Red gave him ten thousand to leave. That's what I'm saying. So like, th- there are all these elements. Yeah, so like there are all these elements there. Like he could have brought that up. She doesn't get to tell him that she's pregnant. And there's so much complexity you add if you because int- like they introduce the money and and they introduce the pregnancy and nothing happens with either element. And it feels like a really lost cause. Like, why even if you leave those things out, it doesn't even change the story. But if you make Denny gripple, excuse me, gripple, excuse me, grapple with those issues, it adds so much additional complexity because it's like, is he selfish? 
does he care like because it's like does he care that much about the island is he too selfish to consider not just his, his love but his unborn child you know or maybe she didn't get to tell him about the pregnancy but she says i don't want you to do this i have a feeling something's up you're not telling me but i don't want you to go through blah 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 like you know how your guitar something happened to you i can tell something happened because i'm tell because you keep telling me you just fail you ain't got your guitar and you got a mark on your face something's up i ain't stupid well, but like they don't ask him to grapple with that, that you know? know yeah uh donald glover's brother wrote this right what's his name um steven, steven glover. glover yeah yeah. Yeah. I guess he did the actual script and there's like five credited writers. And with Atlanta, they do a lot of stuff that kind of leaves things open and leaves it open to interpretation. And that's sort of a matter of taste. I mean, it makes me a little bit crazy. Aaron, I know it sometimes makes you a little bit crazy, like stuff that they could have sort of tied the knot on and they don't. Um, but stuff like it seems like really basic that they would raise the stakes by having him know that she's pregnant and that she would know the conflict that he's dealing with about whether to leave the island. And then for me, I'm always thinking about the politics probably too much. And I wish that they had made it more explicit, like, does Red want to get rid of him because he's trying to agitate to get the workers more rights and more respect? Or does Red just think of him as like a singer who's going to distract them from doing work? Well, for me, I, I like, well, okay, but okay, here's the thing. Is it, to me, that's semi-important, but what's more important is the autonomy given to coffee for me. Like, I want to see her be able, because the thing is, you know, the, it's it's weird because it's supposed to be the strong moment, but it comes off really false when it happens. After Denny dies, I ain't going to say it comes off really false. It just doesn't have the gravity it could have had. When he dies and they have the funeral and she says, well, we got our day. But the thing is, she talked about her dream. The, 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 the animated scene we were talking about at the beginning, she talks about their different dreams. Denny's dream came true. He got to impact the island with one one particular song that moved everybody. But she didn't ever even get to consider her dream. She didn't even know that money existed. She didn't know she could have left. If, like, let's just say somehow she found out that $10,000 was just sitting around somewhere and, and he could have gave it to her and didn't. She's like, oh, my God. Like, that'd probably make her so upset. <laughs> I mean, I don't maybe not because, like, you know, she she went through that. But I think one of the things that's interesting is the film seems to be hinting also at just like one thing that black people typically have a shared feeling of no matter where they are around the globe of like this shared struggle of like things don't really work your way and you don't really feel respected by the it is is a almost like a consistent part of the proletariat no matter where you look across the globe and people in, in not having that kind of power to have to like go through struggle no matter what and just fight through it no matter what the circumstances happen to be, I guess that's what they're shooting for. But to not give her that agency felt, and, and to not even like have the opportunity to express disappointment or push to want to leave, knowing that that's what she wants. Like it, it just, the thing about Atlanta that frustrates me is the same thing that frustrates me about the script and that they bring up things that actually, it's like you can call them open-ended or things that don't get solved, but the things that if you don't bring them up, don't even, change what happened in the story you know what i mean how do you so, mean because you don't need to bring in the money you don't need the pregnancy it doesn't really change anything like hmm. as far as like the the actions that the characters took because they don't even find out about like the, the characters who might 
make different decisions if they knew about certain shit. Like if if Kofi knows about the ten thousand dollars, you think she's gonna be sitting at the factory like hey, I'll just wait and see what happens when he goes to the radio station? No, she's gonna run up to their radio station and tell them, No, you ain't doing shit. We finna leave. Yeah. And if if Denny knows about the kid, he might still make the decision to perform, but he has to grapple with that decision and it makes him seem selfish if he does, which is probably one of the reasons they don't do it. Yeah, I think um I think there's a point for the money being introduced to just show in a way that um that Denny decided that he wasn't gonna be bought. But it was kinda like I think the thing about it is that it was very obvious that he wasn't gonna gonna take it. There was never like this you couldn't really tell that that was going to be an internal struggle behind it. You pretty but much he knew. never wanted to leave because he thought everywhere was America. Yeah, and he also they even mentioned uh, Kofi mentions in the beginning that he never wanted to leave Guava. He just and that's what I mean. So it, it ends up being like a thing that doesn't change the action of the character. Yeah, but I, it, I, it would, I think, it would I think for the, how Kofi acts. That's what I'm saying. I think for the audience, it was just only supposed to display that that's truly was his character that. He just wanted to to do this thing, you know what I mean? Regardless, but, and then when he saw the children at the church and they were singing and they was expecting him to be at the festival, that also solidified in him even more that I got to do this. And I right. think I think that um, one thing that I was just thinking about was the whole thing about them having their own day. It kind of goes back to the story of when they talked about the creation of Guava Island. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how they were not, um, they were like, what, what were we saying? Like that middle ground between what is love and what is war. And I'm assuming those people were, before before everything came, before Red came, before the factories were built, they were people who just celebrated and they loved and they lived life. And so rather Denny knew that he was doing that or not, he was bringing Guava back to their origins and instead of them focusing on working and pretty much being um slaves they um go back to just living their life and being happy and even if it was just for that one day well yeah because what what the the way the film puts it you know i can't remember verbatim but it's like we have dreams and what else do we have other than dreams and And it's like paradise but we work too hard to enjoy it Right. And it's like, is this a critique? I can't remember which one of you said it, but is this some sort of critique of like communism or capitalism, like the way things function, like working and working and working to not be able to enjoy any of the fruits of your labor, you know? And then, and then, like, like you said, living in paradise, like they literally, that, that Guava Island was beautiful. Cuba is beautiful. You know what I'm saying? It's places in America that's beautiful (laughs) that we don't even get to a chance to just really sit back and appreciate. I will say one thing I do really want to see. It sounds like I'm criticizing this so much, and I really don't mean to, because I like so much stuff about it, especially the things like we're bringing up. I think it's like really like awesome in so many ways. But it is funny. Like I was reading some some review, and they were like, "Yeah, this is just another thing where Donald Glover plays Donald Glover," and I was like, "That's actually kind of funny." Because, like, he is, everybody else is, like, talking in, like, a very particular sort of accent. And he's like, yeah, I'm talking the way I always do. He has, <laughs> he has an accent at the start. He does at the beginning. Kind of. He, he, tries to, he tries to keep something up towards the beginning, yeah. A little bit. I mean, the thing that's weird is he has such a, like, 
affable personality. It's just like he fits like wherever he goes. Like you, it's like you could put him in a in a fucking Japanese war film, and it, and he could be playing Danny Glover, and it would seem like it fit somehow. Like <laughs> he. He just always finds a way. Like I don't, I don't really get it. But like that's like him being Lando in Star Wars. Ah, oh, yeah. I ain't even seen that. Like, like in Solo, like is he really Lando or is he Donald Glover? Man, they blew it because they should have made a Lando movie. Because like part of the hook of Han Solo is that we like kind of know his backstory, but not too much. And Lando really is like more of a mystery. Lando would have been a way better character. It's kind of like Ant-Man and like Captain America. Like everybody's invested in Captain America and like getting the story right. And nobody really cares if you get Ant-Man right. And that allows Ant-Man to be like really fun and cool. And because Lando was such a small character, like they could have done anything with Lando and they could have like shot for the stars and made the best movie ever. Damn. Sound like you need to be uh, a Disney producer. They're, they're doing great. It's kind of like what I always said they should have did with Boba Fett, but it looked like that's what they about to do with the Mandalorian trailer. Okay, let's not Amen. get too far off. We we can come back to Disney Plus stuff later, but <laughs> <laughs> about to go way off off the grid. But yes, good good all good points here. Um, I should not have even said that. Um, so wrapping up. <laughs> Our thoughts on Guava Island. I mean, the the biggest thing I do really want to shout out to is this really made me think so much of the Wiz. I don't I don't know if you guys have an experience with the Wiz. Are we Man. still Are we still allowed to watch the Wiz? The Wiz is pre uh, allegations, Michael Jackson. <laughs> I can still say I like the Wiz because I do. <laughs> There's other people involved in the Wiz besides Michael Jackson. But you know what's that's funny? Right. Like you saying that uh, I came across Baby Driver um, not too long ago. I love and, Baby Driver. And uh, and one of the the kids I was sitting with, and he's like twelve. He goes, "Can we watch this?" And I was like, "What?" He's like, "Oh, Kevin Spacey's in this." I was like, "Oh, you're right." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can we? <laughs> but you, yeah. can, you can watch and enjoy movies where he's the villain. Yeah, Baby Driver. Uh, well, cool. Yeah, he's kind it. of a villain. <laughs> the, well, I mean, he's, no, he's definitely a villain in that. Um, he's a redeemable villain. The, redeem- How the hell is he a redeemable villain in Baby Driver? He was. He 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 tried to help him at the end. Man, right. I mean, he kept pulling him back in, and he was trying to leave. Yeah, um, whatever. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I just love that movie. But it also made me think of like pretty much just any like long Michael Jackson music video. Or like um, what was it? Smooth Criminal. Smooth Criminal. Was that the uh, one when he turned into a huge robot? That's what it made me think about. He was trying to say, or was it Moonwalker? Was that the video game name? That I know it was a video game. That that video game's pretty good. Yeah, because there's a there's a yeah. Yeah, it made me think about that. Like like all those long ass Michael Jackson videos, Um, and like I said, it also reminds me of like a, a. if if there was a Disney movie for adults or something, you know what I'm saying, and and how the mu- the music pretty much fits in with the with the story and stuff, um, but not so much to a point where it's like, cause I th- I feel like musicals usually have a song every two minutes, uh-huh. <laughs> whereas this didn't have as many songs, and I felt like the songs kind of fit like. Um, hey. Uh- you saying that that for some reason just kickstarted something for me. Um, I like to give a quick RIP 
Um, do y'all know what I'm about to say? No. Uh, R.I.P. to Rihanna's music. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah, she decided she ain't singing no more. Really? really? I mean, she didn't sing in this in this um, in this movie. I mean, it wasn't for her. I mean, sure. I but mean, like, it's... I I hear you, but like, she ain't hum shit. I mean, she, even she was just yeah, weird, weird to, she was just the love interest. I mean. I ain't calling it a weird choice. I, I think it's it's a it's a conscious choice. I mean, I'm sure if you're watching this movie, that'd be like like putting Beyonce in the movie. She don't sing nothing. I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I would. I mean, I don't think it was for her. It was just for. It was pretty much just to highlight his music. That's pretty much what it is. I guess. And, and to tell that particular story. Um, and I, I think they just was like, hey, you know, you look like you're from an island somewhere. You'd be interested, Rihanna? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but she's well, she is from Barbados. Stuff. Like, how, how was she in, uh, what, what was the Oceans movie she was in? I can't remember the Battleship? With, I haven't seen it. I, okay. Oh, I, I oh seen it. she wasn't in Oceans. Oh, movie. Oh, yeah, Oceans yeah, yeah. That, oh, my God, Tim, that is the funniest shit. <laughs> she was also, Battleship, right? Um, she was in Battleship, but that's she also not does um, voiceover. I think, I think she's a good actor. Yeah, I like her acting. I like Rihanna acting, but I—I I mean, if you've got a song, if you've got a movie with some songs in it, I wouldn't mind her singing. Yeah, one I, song. She's Rihanna. Yeah, I like—I like her in her talk though. I like her voice. It's kind of like um, it's sexy. It kind of—it kind of—it kind of gives me the same vibes that Scarlett Johansson voice gives me, where like you—you you just hear the voice and you like, I bet she fine as a motherfucker. Um. <laughs> yeah, same, <laughs> shout out to Shirley Theron for the same thing. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, but the thing, she didn't get a lot to work with in, in the script. She kind of had to yeah. kind of use a lot of um, kind of physical acting uh, to get different things done. But I mean, I, I thought she was actually really, really good in this yeah. overall. So um, shout out to, to her for a really solid performance. Um, so I, I can't believe how little Letitia Wright got to do. Also, but I, was, I think I think I it was literally the thing where like, up. yeah. I think it might have been a, I think it might have been a thing where like they got people for just a little a little while, and it was like yeah you have like five lines, then you can leave. You know what I think it was? I think that they was at a party, and it was like childish game. It was Donald Glover, his brother, and Rihanna and Letitia Wright, and they was just talking the shit. And they was like, hey, we about to make this movie. Y'all want to be in it? They was like, hell yeah. <laughs> they, they said, oh, hey dog, we got like two weeks. Yeah. I think that's literally what happened and then they just came on board. Like I don't think they just had a cast and or nothing. They was just like, Well shit, yeah, I'll be in your movie, like give me a part and they just wrote they just wrote parts for them and stuff. I think that's literally what happened. Shit. Yeah, it, it did it, it did feel like it came together fast and I like that. I yeah. thought it was like Do you guys want to go to Cuba? Them. Okay. Yeah, that that did seem. That's kind of part of the fun of it. Look, yeah, yeah, that's the fun of. Anytime I made a short film, that's exactly how it went down. Yeah, <laughs> you just be go. out if you meet somebody. Like you that. can't go this summer. The administration has shut that down. You probably can't go for some decades after now. What, so, yeah, yeah, that that's I, shut down. Before we go, <laughs> let me ask y'all what what is your opinion on this version of This Is America? Like, I, like hey, this, it was pretty dope. I, I like. I don't know. I almost liked it more than the like the music video. Me too. Um, I, I guess because I like the build up to it more, and it just the more of the natural sounds of it and stuff. I don't know. It's pretty cool. And, and man, yeah. I ain't gonna lie. So I liked uh, Saturday when he performed on Saturday Night Live, but I 
really liked it in this movie. It was really good. And and to see yeah. that, that these uh, songs actually, I mean, you know, I haven't seen them confirm this, but it seems like these songs that he made were specific, mm-hmm. specifically made for this film. I mean, that's really fun. It seems really cool. And to see those sort of connections and the way they kind of brought the movie together were really, really dope. So, um, also, uh, oh my God, the, the, the director who put this together is a, a hero, uh, Murai. Is that that his name? Yeah. Don't yeah. don't he About direct some too. of Atlanta episodes? He yeah, he, he he did um, Teddy Perkins and and a couple of other ones. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's the main director on a couple of other ones that are really really cool. Um, so I thought, man, magnificent job by him as well. Yeah, um, cinematography yeah. is amazing in that movie. Yeah, it's really really good. So um, sorry, we kind of throwing that in at the, you know like it's like the side note but yeah i mean uh really really great work um and it over i mean the 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 film's well made and and oh, I, yeah. I, the mm-hmm. other thing too is just like the the kind of old school like i don't know what this stuff is called but like choosing to to film it as if it were like shot some yeah. decades ago like that kind of yeah. lens or, or filter whatever they were doing yeah. uh, i thought it really lent well to the look and feel of being out on the island and Giving it a more gritty, realistic vibe. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the look of it. But, yeah, me too. Uh, pretty clean. But uh, any any other thoughts before we wrap it up? Um, I thought it was cool that we could we have a lot of stuff that we could talk about with it for probably a long time, and mm-hmm. it's a short it's a short movie, and you could talk about it for as long as the movie lasts, and mm-hmm. I think that's a that's an achievement in itself. Um, we haven't even gotten into really the politics of it. There's a lot more stuff about the relationship mm-hmm. dynamic we get into. I mean, Red is a great villain. And I think they did a really good job of just like, that's kind of what music does almost more than films, just like giving you things to think about and talk about. And so I think it's really successful in that way. Yeah, and I enjoyed Red, it. Yeah, I would say Red is almost like Thanos. Like, he really wasn't trying to be evil. Until, like, <laughs> until he had to. He was just like, man, I gave you every out and you just just had to keep going. <laughs> so yeah i don't know what uh I, I will say like this was real slick and i don't think there's something that tim might have caught on uh too but keith did you did you notice and he was like you got good taste just like me and i was like that's colorism no i didn't get that <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh anyway uh like i said there's so much more to this and and i mean we're trying to you know um, not go on for an hour and a half, but um, if you like the episode, uh, please share with a friend, uh, give us a review, uh, and please also subs- please subscribe because we come out on different days sometimes and we don't want you to miss it. So, subscribing is the best thing you can do. Giving it five stars just incredibly nice and will make us happy. <laughs> yeah, yes. man, we really, really appreciate the five stars. Um, additionally, it would be great if you checked out. Shoot This Now podcast with Tim Malloy and his lovely wife, Deeds. Uh, they just did a really fascinating episode on uh, the Irish famine and the assistance that the Irish received from the... Uh, the uh, Choctaw. Yeah, Choctaw. Choctaw. Oh, I, was, I, was like, I was like, yeah. I don't say this properly. C-H-O-C-T-A-W. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was really, really fascinating episode. History, you know, reminding why we, are, we have more things in common than we have different. Uh, definitely check it out really great and when are you guys going to file up when are you guys going to fire up a new meanwhile in the multiverse 
the other podcast that Keith and I do that we need to do again. <laughs> yeah. Man, we just talked about that recently. But just some great stuff. Yeah, yeah listen, listen to the back episodes. It's fantastic. This podcast is like a crossover between Meanwhile and the Multiverse and Shoot This Now. Um, it became, I don't want to speak for your podcast, but much more successful than mine. Um, we took Much more we successful took, than ours? You, you took, low-key is the best of both worlds. So <laughs> you, yeah, pretty much. So I we, hate we, to say the best of both worlds because it's a Jay-Z and R. Kelly album now. <laughs> I mean, well, I said now that it just came out, but you know, I'm like, it, you know, you kind of can't can't separate it in my brain anymore. Did something happen to Laura Kelly? No. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. Because Michael Jackson, you know, that's one thing. Yeah. I will say I, I've had to reevaluate how I listen to, you know, or my refusal to listen to Kanye after thinking about the Michael Jackson stuff, even though the allegations seem a little flimsy. But if I'm gonna be tripping about. Michael, I need to rethink my Kanye stuff. That's a whole nother episode. My, anyway. my, my thoughts on Michael are in the Shoot This Now podcast, all about Michael. Really good, by the way. Yeah, that was, like, that's one I was listening to a road trip, and I was just like, wow, this was really good. <laughs> oh, boy. So yeah, and definitely check it out. Also, if you enjoyed this, please um, stay tuned just a couple of days for our next episode, which we are going to record right now about what we want out of Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yeah. so that's coming, and yeah. it's going to be dope. So uh, y'all listen out for that, and we'll holler at y'all on the one about Endgame. It's probably going to drop Monday night. That's the hope. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, because you're watching it Tuesday, so we can't be waiting until after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well. So we'll holler at y'all on the next one. All right, we out of peace. All right, peace.